Welcome to Collaboration is Queen, a New World Women production. I'm your host, Dawn Morningstar, one of three co-founders of New World Women. Sean Vujot, Mecca Page, and I have collaborated to co-create New World Women, a women's organization that shares profits with women to reward them for expanding their consciousness and nurturing themselves. Our unique offering supports women's self-empowerment and economic sufficiency, and it emerged out of a respectful, inclusive, co-creative process based on collaboration at every turn and fun. Yes, there was lots of fun. The three of us are often overheard saying collaboration is queen. We invite you to welcome more collaboration into your life, knowing that you don't have to do it alone, whatever it is for you. Dust off your crown and enjoy. And always remember, collaboration is queen. I love that the three of us do everything related to New World Women from an intentional, beautiful state of consciousness, using all of our gifts, skills, talent, and heart. We start every meeting we three have by going into the limitless field of creation. And we start every meeting with anyone else in the same way, whether it be with a new founding mother, a luminary teacher, a banker, or our software team in India. Starting with prayer or centering creates the energy for peacefulness, for presence, for joy, intelligence, and law of attraction. We've taken a few people by surprise by starting our meetings this way, right? <laughs> but we always end up having very fruitful and fun exchanges. And now everyone looks forward to our sacred meeting process. Schedule a meeting with me and you'll see how it works. So let's enter that field of love together now. Let's go into the silence. So if you're comfortable closing your eyes, go ahead and do that. And begin to take slow, deep breaths. Feel yourself relax as you climb into the moment, into the peace of this moment. Nothing else matters but your peace and tranquility. Let a little smile come onto your face and feel joy bubble up inside of you. How can, you, how can joy emerge when there is heaviness in the world? When you are joyful, present, and clear of mind, you feel an inner stability and become the calm in the storm. You feel better and are much more able to be of service to those you love or for those whom you would like to serve or help. You are able to transform yourself and every situation by being in a oneness consciousness rather than a me consciousness. Peaceful oneness consciousness allows you to feel very present and connected to the person in front of you to the solution to a problem you may have been having, to receiving something your heart desires, to those who need your help or prayers. Your peace is the peace of the world. Be peace, dear one. Be joy. Be tranquility. Be of service. Be good to yourself be of good cheer. This is how we create the new world as one. The words I have spoken on our behalf are made manifest by our divine. So it is and so it shall be. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Aho. Take another conscious deep breath bring yourself fully into your body and when you are ready slowly open your eyes and see before you your sisterhood of new world women
So a few words about Jana Leah Huffman. There's so much to say and share. A fun story that I'd like to tell you about right now is that Jana Leah Huffman and her part partner, Marilyn Miller, were on all of our early Zoom calls and they were both very quiet and they watched us intently. And we would comment to ourselves, I wonder what's going on going on with those two. They never say anything. They seem interested. They show up at everything. And so you can imagine, Jenalia, that Mecca, Sean, and I were so happy when you finally came on board as a Luminary Founding Mother. We realized that what you were doing, Janalia, is taking your time and assessing our organization to make sure it was right for you. And you concluded that it was. And for that, we are really, really grateful. And here's a little bit more about you that I'd like to share with everyone. Jenna Leah is truly a pioneer in the field of music therapy. She's a musician, author, speaker, and owner-founder of Rhythmic Medicine. Her progressive work has been with real people having real issues. Her music helps people go deeper within themselves to get in touch with their body rhythms and to gain skill in influencing their own health. A primary aspect of Janalia's work lies in how music affects the body, body physiologically. She's developed specific techniques for using music to help lower heart rate and blood pressure and to alleviate pain. Sounds pretty fabulous. Jenna Lee is also known for developing the concepts of musical biofeedback, musical acupuncture, and music written at exactly 50 beats per minute. An important part of her work is to teach people to play the Native American flute and understand the healing aspects and spirituality of this amazing instrument. As her work expands, her vision is that people will evaluate their sound environment as part of their wellness program. Janalia's work has been featured in such publications as Prevention, Arthritis Today, Breast Cancer Awareness, RN Magazines, as well as in Rodale's book, New Choices in Natural Healing. Her book, Rhythmic Medicine, Music with the Purpose, explains the idea of entertainment. She has created 15 CDs and has a master's degree in music therapy from the University of Kansas. She's certified by the Listening Center in Toronto as a LIFT instructor for the Listening Fitness Program. And among her many, many awards, she received the Madonna Spirit Award given by the Madonna Rehabilitation Hospital in Lincoln, Nebraska for work in innovative music techniques. She teaches the healing powers of music through her company, Rhythmic Medicine. Jenna Leah Hoffman, welcome to New World Women's Third Thursday. Let's open the mic so everyone can say hello to you. Hi, Jenna Leah. Welcome. 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 My dear friend. Yay. Hi. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wonderful. So um, before we get to our questions that we have for you, Janalia, I thought it might be fun for everyone to hear the story of your name. I have never heard the name Janalia before, and I asked you about it. Would you like to share um, what you told me about your name? Oh, it's just uh, that I, I was born with the name Janalia without the A, and I always loved my middle name, Leah, but I never, you know, most people don't use their middle names. And so when I went to England to live for a year, I did my music therapy internship there. I lived with a, a British family and they were all very, very musical. There was music playing all the time. They had five children. And anyway, the, the husband was my advisor of my music therapy internship. Anyway, 
he started uh, calling me Janalia because he said, you should have a musical name. You're very musical and you're artsy and you should have a more artsy name instead of just Jan that, that like the energy stops. So <laughs> he came up with this and started calling me this and all the people that I worked with in the hospital in England called me Janalia. <laughs> and then I brought it back to the States and told the story and other people started calling me that and it stuck. <laughs> I love it. It is musical. Janalia, right? <laughs> got rhythm, which we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> Beautiful. But if any so, of you can't remember it or you don't <laughs> appreciate long names, I respond to Jan as well. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Thank you. So um, let's get to know a little bit more about you. When you look back over your life, what's a gift or a skill or a talent that emerged within you? Something that you loved or that made you come alive, made you feel alive? Well, I would say um, music was the biggest thing. Um, I, I really had a passion for music, started piano at age six and I excelled in that. And uh, so, you know, and I, I was, I was good at, in school as well, but not, it was, didn't have a passion for it like I had for music. And then later on, mm -hmm. art became a passion as well for me. Beautiful, beautiful. I remember you telling us a story a while back that when you began your um, music therapy many, many years ago that some people just were, you know, really befuddled why you would choose that. They didn't know, they didn't, that it, that it would work. They didn't think it was like real and um, wondered about your success and that. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey to sharing your gift, starting from those early days. Okay. Well, I, I, uh, after I got my degree, I, got a job in a um, psychiatric hospital here in the Midwest. And that was fascinating to me. And I enjoyed it. But I, I'd only worked there about a year and a half. And I decided it was like a huge dysfunctional family. <laughs> and it wasn't for me, you know, for the for my whole career. And so I decided I would start a private practice specializing in music and stress and just with the everyday person. So back then, this was, you know, people, a lot of people had never heard of music therapy and especially somebody in a private practice. So I would say, people would say, what do you do? And I'd say, I'm a music therapist. And they'd say, a music what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, there was a lot of fascination with it. But when I started my private practice, um, I went to a banker. And so I was very naive. I thought they would give me a loan to start this business. And this banker just laughed at me. First of all, you know, you're a woman and I've never heard of music therapy and there's no way, you know, you're going to get a loan. So I, I had a lot of no's, even from my own father who said, you know, if this, I love you, but if this doesn't work, you are on your own. And, uh, and I was okay with that. You know, I thought that was fair enough. It was an unusual thing to do. But my heart was in it. And my intuition said, move forward with this, no matter how negative people are around me. So I started it. And within uh, the first year, um, well, I, of course, hardly had any money when I started it because nobody had heard of it. So I gave a lot of free lectures. And I moved to a very inexpensive apartment above the World of Spirit liquor store. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and Virgil's Cafe, and that, that was a great spot for me because I did, was it strapped with the high rent. And uh, anyway, I soon was invited by four young chiropractors who loved what I was doing to have an office with them. So that was really helpful to get me going. They referred people. And then a local psychiatrist heard about what I was doing. And he then invited me to be part of his private practice, which was unheard of in those days. 
first of all, for a music therapist to be in private practice, and second of all, to be working with a psychiatrist in his own practice. So that was very, very helpful. Um, I did a lot of lecturing, as I say, to educate people about what I was doing. Amazing. Well, I would imagine those um, uh, people who gave you a chance that that helped you build your confidence going forward. That was going to be my next question to you, because many of us who try something out, we, you know, have challenges along the way. And, um, you know, to be able to keep our uh, confidence level up, uh, you know, it sounds like you kept on your path doing what you really believed would be helpful mm -hmm. and that attracted other people to be able to want you to be a part of their practices too was there anything else that helped you with your confidence um well i would just say that i practiced meditation then and i i had a group of uh, a meditative group and most of the women in this group were quite a bit older than I was and they were supportive and it was the meditation that I think really helped me to stay connected with what my path was and um, it's interesting because several years later I ended up writing a book called uh, Creative Entrepreneurs of the Midwest of the Heartland and we interviewed a lot of really interesting, very creative people that had started a business here in the heartland. And one of the interesting things was that, you know, we asked them questions and said, what were you, were you afraid to do this? And all of the ones that had successfully started their businesses said, no, I was never afraid. And that's what most people say. Weren't you scared you were going to go broke or, you know, something? And I never was. I, I just was so focused on this is what I need to do. And I believe if you stay connected to your inner self and you're following your guidance, that the fear drops away. It's a beautiful sentiment for us to really take to heart and to keep in mind. So thank you for sharing that. And so now the moment that we really all have been waiting for is for you to share a teaching with us. We are very grateful to you. Well, thank you so much. I, I look forward to sharing. Beautiful. Okay. Well, this is one of my favorite subjects. I, I really love talking about music and healing. And um, as all of you know that a lot of us weren't able to do our work for quite a long time, or at least, you know, not like we had been before. So it's nice to have Zoom that we can connect with each other. Um, I thought what, what I would like to share tonight are some things that, I th that have been very successful for me in my practice in working with people. And uh, one of the one of the things about music and healing is that it's a huge subject. You know, there's so many aspects to it. So I want everybody to realize that, that, you know, there's, we could go down a million roads here, but I want to focus since we only have a certain amount of time on some things that really stood out that were very, very successful. And I'd just like to say too, uh, since we were talking about being a woman and starting a business, um, one of the things I found when I was on my own was that I, the techniques that I used with people, especially in the psychiatrist's office, they were everyday people, you know, with things like hypertension, anxiety, test anxiety, um, those kind of just everyday stresses. And I had to come up with techniques that really worked or I would have been out of a job very fast. <laughs> and I didn't have, you know, weeks and weeks either. When I worked for the state hospital, I found, you know, I could experiment with all kinds of things and people are institutionalized. And I mean, I still wanted to make an impact, but 
it wasn't like working with everyday people that were paying for this out of their pocket, you know, so the good part of that was it really forced me because I did not have uh, any kind of support system. I had to make things work. And that was really good for my creativity because it, um, there's that statement about women, you know, the mother of invention, or I can't, I don't remember the exact statement, but <laughs> women create things out of a need. <laughs> so anyway, one of the things was all of these people that were coming to me um, had some aspect of stress. And I'm thinking, and the psychiatrist was saying, your job is to use music to de-stress them to the point so that I don't have to give them any pharmaceuticals because he was ahead of his time. This was in the eighties. He said, I, I can do it and I do prescribe, but I don't like to, I don't believe in it. So that's why I was there. So I, if you take a look at music, we all know there's a power there. You know, if you just ask a thousand people on the street, do you think there's some power in music? 95% say yes, but if you ask them, what do I do with it or how do I use it? Then they say, well, I don't know, but it, I, I know there's something there. I know it's powerful. And so I took a look at all of these aspects, you know, the rhythm, the melody, the harmony, all that, and um, found out that there was a person, uh, there was actually a book called Super Learning and they had done this study with Baroque music at exactly 60 beats a minute or close to it. It wasn't exact, but some of the Largo movements were very close to 60 beats a minute. And they took these pieces of music, put them together, and they found that when they played this, people's heart rate and blood pressure would slow down. And and it's all based on a phenomena, which is a scientific phenomena called entrainment, which basically means our bodies are constantly synchronizing to an external rhythm. So it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people have never even heard of entrainment. It's not something you learn in school. <laughs> uh, you don't hear about it at parties or on the streets. But it's a real thing. It is a real scientific thing. It was actually in, started by a Dutch scientist who had a room full of grandfather clocks. And he found that when he put these clocks closer together, that their pendulums would actually, over time, start to synchronize with each other. And he called that entrainment. So, so anyway, fast forward, I did a study with this. I took the Baroque music and I started working with my patients and I found that it really did work. I was having people learn to lower their blood pressure naturally through this technique. And also it was very good for heart arrhythmias and other anxiety things. And then after I'd done this a couple of years, uh, I decided that, um, that I would start writing my own music that would be more exact. So it would be what we call prescriptive music and would utilize entrainment in a faster, more clinical way. So, um, so I started working on that and, and I have to say, I grew up learning the classics and I love the classics. I have great respect for all of the early composers. But when I started writing this music, this friend of mine said to me, you know, it's about time that we stop listening to the dead white male composers. <laughs> and so I thought that was, that was just very funny. And like I said, I no disrespect to the great composers because I love them, them all. But it was time that women start creating their own art and music. So I felt really, that was, just, it was such a funny thing, but it really spoke to me. And anyway, so I kept working on this and I started coming up with um, compositions at 
60 and 50 beats a minute. And I would use them with my uh, clinical practice. And uh, at one point, I even did my master's thesis on it. And I had three medical doctors referring people with hypertension for this. And many of these people actually learn to lower their blood pressure through the interaction with the music rhythms. And many of them said, this is giving me a point of reference that I'd never even thought of before. So one of the nice things about this technique is that it really increases body awareness. You know, in our, as you all know, in our Western medical system, um, we're not always in very seldom encouraged to look, listen to our own bodies. You wait till you're sick and then you go in and get a pill and get it fixed. I, I lean more towards the Eastern way where if we can be more aware of our bodies, we can, we can utilize prevention more. And so music is one way that uh, this can be really helpful. So that's really in a nutshell, my journey of creating some music. So I thought it would be interesting tonight to uh, play some of this music and take you all through a little uh, entrainment ex uh, research study. Oh, wait, just a second, okay, yeah. So uh, the music I'm going to play is one of my compositions, I call it musical acupuncture. And you'll hear um, it's an actual cello. There's no synthesizers in it. This is all real instruments, real strings, and real everything. Um, one, of the, one of the bells in it is actually a wedding band. <laughs> Just that's a little musical trivia that I don't usually tell people. But um, <laughs> so when you hear one of the bells, you may, you, it might be, there are other ones too that are just bells, but one of them is a wedding band that was the exact pitch I needed. Um, anyway, so as I'm playing this, your jobs are to just relax as much as you can. If you want to, you can close your eyes. That's probably helpful. And then um, you're going to just observe your own heart rhythm and your breathing rhythm. And you can take one at a time or you can try to do both simultaneously. I'll leave that up to you, but you'll be the observer. So I'm gonna put this music on now. Okay, so. We're going to experiment with entrainment now. Now, if you can't hear the music well enough, raise your hand. Should be the right volume, but I'm just checking. So just start to notice your breathing rhythm. relax as you notice these rhythms you may just do one at a time or you may do both together whatever works for you and notice is your body synchronizing with these rhythms Just keep your eyes closed. 
And if your mind wanders, don't worry. Just bring it back to this point of your own body rhythms. Noticing, are they in sync or are they beginning to synchronize with the rhythms of the music? stops and very gently begin to open your eyes. Any any questions about that? I call that musical musical biofeedback. That's it. Oops. Oh, wait a minute. You're muted. Can we That's 50 beats a minute, right, Dinalia? Right. Uh -huh. What we just heard. That was amazing. I love that. I love that composition. I love it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So could you feel the the process? Your heart rate slowing yeah. down your breathing. I, I absolutely did. But can I tell a quick story on you? Dinalia came to the hospital to play this uh, live for a friend of mine and uh that was hospitalized and when she finished this piece uh they just happened to roll in with the a ekg machine and hooked up my friend and her heartbeat was 50 beats per minute wow and that was just i thought the most outstanding example of how just this is no kidding it really does set, bring mm -hmm. you down to 50 beats per minute 
Thank you. Thank you, I, Melanie. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. Thank you. That's yeah. Very interesting. And this is the one that you won a Grammy Award for, too. Didn't you win a Grammy for this album? No. I thought, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you remember that? You should have. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I wanted to respond to something. Um, you had mentioned the word entrainment. And when I was reading your bio, I think that word must have auto-corrected it to entertainment. So I want to say that it was entrainment, not entertainment, but I guess there are some elements to entertainment as well, but wanted to make that correction. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So we have um, yeah. a few minutes if anyone would like to share their responses uh, to what Janalia did. Because it is interesting um, how different people react to this. And so if anybody has a question or wants to share, it's fine. It felt like when I was listening that it was here and then it came like this and this, and then it was just like this. Like everything just pulled right into one, it was all one. But it started out like I was had two different things happening and I really felt that it all became hmm. in alignment. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So did you feel them both synchronized? Hard yeah. Hard? Yeah, that was like this just came into a, like an alignment. It was, yeah, it was wonderful. I could have listened for another 20 minutes. <laughs> And that was fast because this was a shortened version, but it can happen very quickly. Would anyone else like to share their experience or have any questions Denise, for Janalia? Denise Hollis. Denise, there we go. I want to say that I've had two hips replaced and a shoulder replacement, and I've used Janalia's music before you recommended how many days, four days, Janalia, before surgery? Right, four to five days before surgery. Surgery as I laid down before I went to sleep because I thought this would really be very calming. And, um, and then after I was done with the surgeries, I would use it again. And I, I want to encourage anyone who's going through any kind of surgery to use her music. And what was the name of the special album, Janalia? Um, it's, it's actually this music and on one called pre-surgery CD, and it also has vocal guidance. So it, uh, it's designed to reduce fear and anxiety because there is a lot of fear and anxiety prior to surgery. And what's you, your web address? Everybody wants to know where, where they can buy your CDs. Oh, okay. It's just, it's uh, rhythmic, spelled R-H-Y-T-H-M-I-C medicine.com. Denise Hollis has a question or a comment for us. Denise, oh, okay. you want to go ahead? Yeah, I was just going to say that it was interesting to me how Instantly, I became entrained, like by the second beat or something. I was already uh, rhythmically connected. It was very relaxing. And I want to um, just say that music therapy, I'm well aware of it. I've worked at several hospices, Janalia, where they have music therapy as part of the modality that people receive. And you may know the guy who spearheaded, his name is Russell Hillier. No, I don't. I don't know him, but I know there there are many music music therapy uh, programs in hospices, which is I'm yeah. so happy for that. Yeah, it's really it's neat. a the patients really enjoy it. Yeah, that's great. So that's just that's another thing I'd like to share too is in a lot of music therapy settings, like in hospice and other places as well often music therapy is a live music experience, um, which is great, you know, and I do that as well. Um, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but what we just did 
is using music therapy in a more inner way. It's just a different way to approach things. Um, and I found that, uh, you know, there's some, you've just got to assess the situation to see what works best. But in many cases, uh, going the inner way helps alleviate anxiety and various things. Plus, it makes you more aware of your body and what's going on internally, which I think is always a helpful thing. But thank you. I appreciate that. That's really great that you, you felt it right away. And Winnie is asking, can hypertension use this music every day? Uh, and she said, and the duration. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, I, I have had many groups over the years that I teach this technique to um, and practice it. But, you know, you really can do it on your own. There's no reason why you can't. It's basically... Like I, I said, I call it musical biofeedback, where you're matching your body rhythm to the rhythm of the music. And as some people say, it gives them a point of reference that they never had before. Because if you're not really tuned into what your body rhythms are, then you wouldn't know. Um, and the music is a fun way to do it. I also think I mentioned the biofeedback is a good thing to do, too. But uh, there, this most people that that utilize the biofeedback loved one or two sessions, and then they all said, "I like the musical biofeedback for longer term mm -hmm. because it's more fun, it's more organic, and mm -hmm. less cumbersome." Deb so, Thomas, yes, you can you can do this every day if you have hypertension and. Um, you know, if, if your hypertension is brought on by stress, which a lot of times it is, uh, you can help the condition through using that. I have had some people who got off some of their medications, some completely got off. It depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. Like I had this one lady uh, a couple of years ago who gave birth to twins, and she never dreamt she would have twins and it really stressed her thinking I have two babies growing in here and she developed hypertension in her pregnancy and then three years later still had it and it was a big problem and um, through the musical biofeedback training she completely got off of her meds and reversed the situation because in her case it really had started through stress Deb Thomas wants to know, what CD would you recommend for children ages 1 to 10 with autism? Any okay. suggestion? I would say uh, musical acupuncture is good, but for sure, Deep Daydreams. Mm -hmm. And I have a little story. Deep Daydreams, one um, track is 50 beats a minute music, but it's different than what you just heard. It's a little more uh steady almost robotic and then the other part is 60 beats a minute um but a quick story on this this was quite a few years ago i did a, a several workshops at one of the national music therapy conferences and temple grandin was there doing a keynote and so i got to meet her and she we had a booth there and she came to our booth and uh, she said to me, you know, this is fascinating to me, but she said, you know, I can't stand most music. And I said, well, listen to, listen to these slow rhythms. And she listened to Deep Daydreams. And at that time, I didn't have musical acupuncture, but... Um, she said, this is one of the few pieces of music that I can stand because it's more simplistic and the steady rhythms help the entrainment was helpful for her. But the way our music recording systems work is they layer lots of layers on recordings. 
So you may not be aware of it, but it, it's packed with, you know, it may have 80 tracks. And so it's, it's like bombarding the brain. And in, with the autism experience, that can be very, very painful, any kind of sound that's too intense or anything. So I have a lot of experience with deep daydreams with autism, and it's uh, almost always very useful. Beautiful. Thank you. This is very, very helpful to many of us. I see there's a lot of interest in what you're doing. And I'm so thrilled that you'll be teaching live starting um, in New World Women Academy. And you'll have all kinds of things to share with us, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So before we get to our final question with you, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? Well, I just thought I would, um, since we did the inner uh, experience. I thought I would share just a little bit about the native flute. Yes. I find that when I do my lectures, a lot of adults uh, come up to me afterwards and say, you know, I'm really sorry that I never pursued music. It's something I always wanted to do, but something got in the way or I didn't have time. And the Native American flute, I have used a lot in therapy with people. And it's an easier instrument to learn than our traditional band and orchestral instruments because you don't have to read music. They, you know, as all of you know, the Native Americans did not have a written language either. It was all auditory. So their musical system was a shorter, easier system that once you learn it, you can make music from the heart. So I can do a little demo of a Native American style song. And um, I also do these Zoom lessons for people, for beginners who feel like they don't have musical ability. I try to prove them wrong through this <laughs> instrument. <laughs> so I'll just. Okay, here we go. Thank you. That's Gorgeous. an example of native style music yeah. that uh, it, it can be very simple and soulful to listen to, but also very achievable if any of you are longing to play music and think that it's too late or something. Um, the native flute is a real possibility. Beautiful. Well, we're coming to the end of our time together, and I wanted to ask you one more question before we go into announcements. Um, I do see that Tammy Briggs had a question about telling uh, about the story of the flute, and if you'd like to do that after um, we close out the meeting, we'll stay on Zoom if, if you'd like to tell okay. that story. Okay. So um, my last question to you is, um, and it's with a grateful heart um, that I ask the question. Um, and that is, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, you and Marilyn were kind of, you know, observing what we were doing in New World Women, and it took you a while. What made you um, decide to become a part of New World Women? You, you could become a part of so many other different things, I'm sure. Uh, what made you say yes to becoming a founding mother and a luminary with us? Um, well, one 
I would say two main things. One, I liked you and Sean and Mecca. I mean, not that I knew you that well, but I did feel like I got to know you through a lot of the Zooms. And uh, I liked your mission. And I think that um, finding women of like mind that are interested in personal growth and spiritual growth is so valuable. And I know, you know, my mission has been very unique and and i've been blessed to meet a lot of people of like mind but but on the other hand there have been times when i felt i was on an island sometimes you know doing something really unusual and where's my tribe you know so that's one thing that i feel like you know this is and then after covid you know feeling isolated which it's hard for me because I go out and work with people a lot and all that stops. So then New World Women came and it just seemed like a great way to meet other women of like mine. And um, that's just really interesting to me. And I find it really rewarding. We welcome you with open hearts and open minds and open arms. Jenna Leah Huffman, we'd like to say thank you. Let's open the mic so everyone can say a brief thank you for this extraordinary offering. We're so grateful to you. Rhythmicmedicine.com. And we'll put that in the chat and we'll send it in the follow-up replay. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a privilege really to meet each of you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jana Leah, that was gorgeous. Thank you. Please visit newworldwomen.com to learn more about our exciting collaboration and how it can support you and other women in your life. We would love to welcome you into our first founder circle, which you can explore on our site. If you like Collaboration is Queen, please give us a five-star rating and tell your friends. Thank you, and remember to keep your crown ready so women can collaborate to create a new world for themselves and for our world, a world of love, inclusion, collaboration, and abundance.